and welcome to the Psych and Business Podcast, where we highlight the integration of psychology and psychological principles into the world of business and organizations. I'm your host, Dr. Ernest Wade. All right, so we're going to go back to leadership theories today, and I want to discuss one that's relatively new theory called the authentic leadership theory. And I say relatively new because this theory was proposed and developed in the early 2000s as a direct result, actually, of some of the unethical conducts of some of the recent government and corporate leaders that we've seen. So when this theory was proposed, the Gallup Leadership Institute actually held a summit around 2004 to try and attract and encourage the various viewpoints and to encourage more research for the topic. Now, interestingly, the word authentic really comes from the Greek word authento, which means to have full power. And in the sense of the authentic leader, it is really about being self-aware and acting in accordance with your true self by expressing what you genuinely think and believe. Preceding this, though, is the expectation and the assumption that a leader must first focus on self-inquiry to achieve self-realization so that they can actually behave in accordance with their true self, which has a lot to do with psychology, specifically humanistic psychology, and also pulls from positive psychology. Now, this theory actually also pulls from a lot of other leadership theories, including things like servant leadership, which we've talked about, and transformational leadership, which we've also talked about. So in this specific case, authenticity is really about owning your personal experiences, which include your your thoughts, your emotions, your needs, your desires, and your beliefs. It really involves being self-aware and acting in accordance with your true self by expressing what you genuinely think and believe. Now, there are four proposed components of authentic leadership that, that I think are important to take note of. The first one is awareness. And that one is basically the knowledge and the trust in your own thoughts, your own feelings, your own motives and behaviors. And we've talked a little bit about this and we'll talk a little bit about it more as well. The second one is unbiased processing. And here we're really talking about objectivity when you're looking at yourself and really accepting both your positive and your negative attributes. The third one is behavior. You have to act in a way that represents your true preferences, your true values, and your needs, rather than merely just acting to please others or secure rewards or avoid punishments, really being that authentic, true self. The fourth one is your relational orientation. And here we're talking about how do you relate to others? How do you have truthful and open relationships with other people? Now, normally I would give you a definition of authentic leadership, but in this case, as it's a fairly new theory, one of the problems is that there is no uniformly accepted definition. One of the first people who actually wrote about this is George, and they talked about authentic leadership by saying authentic leaders use their natural abilities, but they also recognize their shortcomings and work hard to overcome them. They lead with purpose, meaning, and values. They build enduring relationships with people. Others follow them because they know where they stand. They're consistent and self-disciplined. When their principles are tested, they refuse to compromise. Authentic leaders are dedicated to developing themselves because they know that becoming a leader takes a lifetime of personal growth. Another definition from a group of researchers that have written a lot about this calls authentic leadership a process that draws from both positive psychological capacities and a highly developed organizational context, which results in both greater self-awareness and self-regulated positive behaviors on the part of leaders 
and associates, which fosters positive self-development. So both of these definitions really leaning to the self-awareness, the self-regard, the self-inquiry, you know, that authentic self. But I think it's really important that we focus on that part, the, the authentic self. How do you determine that authentic self? It's also important to note here that when we're talking about behaving in the authentic self, in the authentic way, it's not categorical. It's more of a scale, right? We talked about it as a, as a process. So, you know, you have one end, you have fully authentic and the other you have fully inauthentic. I think most of the time people are somewhere in the middle. You know, I'd say it's very hard for people to be completely authentic or completely inauthentic. So instead, we can more describe it as levels of authenticity in any specific time. Authentic leaders show leadership characteristics that are based on their values and what they believe to be true. Now, what do they believe to be true, I think, is a really important question to address here. You know, what, what is it that you believe to be true about yourself, about your leadership capabilities, and about the environment that you're working in? Now, using self-awareness and self-regulation, authentic leaders can actually look within to gain that self-meaning and to determine the type of leader that they actually want to become. This means that they have to revisit their life stories. Authentic leaders are able to construct, develop, and revise their leadership characteristics in a reflective way that remains true to who they are, which helps them create that positive energy and meaning for their followers. To be honest, this is not an easy thing to do, to engage in self-reflection, to get that self-awareness, and then to engage in self-regulation. It can actually be really difficult to do. Now, as I said, self-reflection can be very hard. And as a, a part of this podcast, I've had to engage in a lot of self-reflection. And I've also had to engage in a lot of exposure therapy as I share a lot of my self-reflection with you, the audience, as a function of providing you with examples. I'm a strong proponent of not asking people to do things that you're not willing to do. And so as I ask you to engage in self-reflection, I am doing that myself, and I am sharing that with you. Anybody who knows me knows that I'm a fairly private person, and so this is pretty challenging. But I think this is one of those cases where it's actually a really helpful exercise for me to do and for you to hear as well. So some of the research has come up with some uh, steps that you can take to help you become an authentic leader. So I'm going to go through these and reflect upon these and share these reflections with you. The first one they talk about is learn from your life story. So reflecting on my life story, I think there's a lot of things here that impact my leadership journey. One of the ones that sticks out the most is my boarding school experience. I went to boarding school for six years. It was a very fulfilling experience, but it was very challenging, especially at the beginning. The way my boarding school functioned, I was in a dormitory with about 14 other boys. I think there was 15 of us in total. And... We all had to succeed or fail as a unit. And so this is where I really learned that success or failure relied on me and my efforts, but also relied on the people around me. And so I had to really step up to make sure that the people around me were working hard or as hard as I was to make sure that we were all successful. So I think in thinking about it, that's some of where my first leadership experiences really began. The next one that they talk about is know your authentic self. Now, this can be very, very challenging. And in thinking about it for myself, there's a couple of things that I think are worth sharing here. 
The first one is that I consider myself to be a very hard worker who also expects a lot from other people. And to be honest, it's often to an unreasonable level. And so what I've had to do is really make allowances for people to make mistakes, people who are working with me to make mistakes. And it, that has actually allowed me to make some allowances for myself to make mistakes. I used to be very unforgiving to myself and to others when, when mistakes were made. And it was really actually very detrimental to my ability to lead other people. Now I try to make more allowances for other people. The other thing that I've come to learn about myself is that I want to care about people. And most of the time I do care about people, but sometimes I just care about the results. I just want success. Now, an example of this is in the workplace where I am results driven. I want to achieve the results that we've set out to achieve. And where, as I care about people, sometimes my desire to achieve the results can override my desire to take care of my people. And this is because I am that way. I will very often override my desire or my need to look after myself, work long hours. As I said, I'm a very hard worker and do whatever needs to be done in order to reach success. And sometimes, unreasonably so, as I have come to learn, I expect that from my employees. And that is not healthy for them. And that is not healthy for me. And that is very often not healthy for the team or the organization. It also means that I usually don't do well with excuses. I hate excuses. Because to me, when someone makes an excuse and doesn't take responsibility for their actions, it means that they're not learning the lesson and they're likely to repeat the error or the mistake that they've done. And I've had to work hard at accepting that some excuses are valid and some excuses are acceptable. It's something that I, I still struggle with, but again, it's something that I'm, I'm working. It's part of knowing my authentic self. The next one is practice your values and principles. And this is something that I think you do through your actions. One activity that I've done that I think helps me is to do a time log. Basically, look at how I'm spending my time and spending my energy and spending that resource and seeing if it is moving me towards the goal that I want to achieve. The next one is balance your extrinsic and intrinsic motivation. So again, sharing is caring. So I'm going to share a little bit about my extrinsic and intrinsic motivations with you. So extrinsically, I am somebody who is motivated by uh, appreciation of my work. As I said, I am a hard worker, and, extrin and extrinsically, I like... To, that to be recognized. I like people to recognize that I am a hard worker and to acknowledge the work that I've done. Intrinsically, though, I am someone who likes my efforts and likes my work to make a difference, to have a, a notable, tangible difference in the lives of others. And this extrinsic and intrinsic motivation don't always line up. So an example is one of my previous jobs. I worked really hard at my work and I was recognized by my boss. The, the, this person recognized the work that I was doing and you know acknowledged it and I really got that extrinsic motivation. But I felt to a great degree that intrinsically the work I was doing wasn't having that impact that I wanted to have. It wasn't moving the scale as I wanted it to, to move. And so it took me a while but I really had to debate and and 
work through some issues that led me to actually determine what was more important for me. Was it that extrinsic motivation or the intrinsic motivation? And in the end, the intrinsic motivation won out. But that was not an easy thing to do. I was, I was used to that extrinsic motivation. I was used to that acknowledgement. I liked it. I wanted it. I, I depended on it. And to be able to make the switch to actually focus more on the intrinsic motivation and that satisfaction was very challenging. So none of this is easy. But I think, again, it's something that's important to do if you want to be that authentic leader. The last one we'll talk about is build your support team. And what does that consist of? For me, this is an area that I don't do well. I depend on myself, mostly. I uh, also depend on my wife, who's fantastic in terms of being that support team for me. And I have a a handful of people that uh, I depend on, coworkers and colleagues that I depend on. But I, I wouldn't say that I have probably the strongest support team. This is something that I continue to work on. But I think, again, it's something that you need to have as an authentic leader. Because as we know, nobody reaches success by themselves. It's usually a culmination of efforts, yours and others, either supporting you, uplifting you, helping you to achieve the success that you need. Okay, so I think that's probably enough self-exposure for the day. I'm sure you're all tired of hearing about that. And I know I'm tired of telling you about it because it's it's a very hard thing to do. But again, I... I hope this has been something that has been helpful for you to to hear. I think the concept and the theory of authentic leadership is something that is really important. And I think it's important for all of us as we engage in our leadership journey, whatever approach that you take to really engage in that self-awareness. It's important for a leader to really understand who they are, who they are as an individual and what from their life journey has contributed to make them who they are and how they lead. All right, so a lot of information. If you have to leave with one thing, I would say learn from your life story. Learn from your life story because I think everybody's life story is absolutely critical to who they are. So learn from your life story. Okay, so let's leave it there. I hope this has been helpful to you and I hope you will join us next time. Thank you.